Welcome to episode 69, dudes, of Reliving the War, and welcome to the 3rd of February 1997. As mentioned in last week's video, our scoring system will change today seeing as Raw and Nitro were 2 hours long, and there's no way I could keep pumping these videos out every week while maintaining the old format. So we're going to keep changing channels today as usual, we'll spend less time on matches that I feel aren't really worth digging deep into, and at the end I'll just say which show I thought was the best, no point in overcomplicating things. Points may be introduced again based on best hour or best opener or best main event, but for now, let's just watch the first 2 hour episode of Raw, compare it to Nitro, and we'll take it from there. We've got a weird episode of Raw tonight that the WWF and USA Network promoted as Royal Rumble Raw. Raw is a taped show from the Toronto Sky Dome tonight. The video quality isn't too hot either, by the way. WCW Nitro is live from Memphis, Tennessee in the Mid-South Coliseum. Let's get started by looking at the opening segments for both shows. Let's kick things off with WWF Raw then, seeing as we've been checking out Nitro to begin with for the past few months. Vader vs Steve Austin is our opening match while Hulk Hogan cuts a promo on Nitro, and WCW also presents a match, Rey Mendoza Jr vs Ultimo Dragon. Vader comes to the ring first, followed by Steve Austin, but just as the two men square up to each other, Canada's own Bret Hart hits the ring. The hitman attacks Steve Austin before referees and officials get involved. Vader also starts swinging punches and he too fights with the hitman, but eventually Bret gets forced out and the match begins. Austin makes sure to get in another few shots before Bret has to go back. As the match gets underway, we learn that our main event tonight will feature Ahmed Johnson teaming up with The Undertaker and they'll wrestle Farouk and Mankind, and we're also going to see Hunter Hearst Helmsley vs Mark Merrow, with Sable and Curtis Hughes barred from ringside. Austin destroys Vader in the corner, but Stone Cold makes the mistake of spitting on Vader. Vader retaliates and Stone Cold takes a beating. Vader maintains control and Austin takes a ton of strikes in the corner. A short arm clothesline from the big man sends Stone Cold to the mat, and then Vader tries to end it with a Vader bomb. When Vader decides to go all the way to the top for a Vader salt, the referee stops him. This results in Vader pushing the referee away, and Stone Cold getting an opportunity to hit a low blow. From here, the rattlesnake does what he does best and it's now Vader's turn to take some punishment. There's a referee bump right before the commercial break, but it leads to nothing. The ref is back up when we come back. Vader misses a sit down splash and this leads to Stone Cold landing a second rope elbow drop. Vader kicks out at 2. Stone Cold then tries to go toe to toe with Vader and this was another mistake. Austin gets floored and it looks like he might be in trouble, but another low blow keeps Stone Cold in the match. Our referee is totally oblivious here. Stone Cold begins choking Vader at the ropes and the referee tries to break it up. The official ends up taking a Stone Cold stunner and this is pretty much the end of our match. The two competitors fight on the outside, Vader gets rammed into the ring steps and the two men continue to fight as the referee calls for the bell. Not a bad opener, the crowd were behind Steve Austin, especially when he stunned the referee. You would have liked to see a proper end of the match though. Still, both men are kept protected heading into the final four match. Tony Schiavone reminds us that Roddy Piper faces Hulk Hogan at Super Brawl 7 and the WCW Championship will be on the line. Piper is also scheduled to appear on Nitro tonight. Hulk says everywhere he goes he keeps hearing that Roddy Piper has been there and Piper has done it all before, and Hogan's annoyed that the WCW committee would give Piper a title shot on pay per view, and Hulk's annoyed that Piper was invited to Nitro tonight. 
But because he's a man of honour and a man of his word, the Hulkster says that he's gonna put his NWO title on the line tonight when Roddy Piper shows up to the building. This was a complete bait and switch by the way because the match does not happen. Hogan says that Piper said he promised his three fans in attendance that he would be here tonight and when Piper shows up, Hogan will give him a title shot. The promo ends with Hulk Hogan saying, let the games begin and yeah, it's pretty much a dick move by WCW here. WCW were trying to hook viewers in for the long haul here and they didn't deliver what they promised. Next we had Ultimo Dragon vs Rey Mendoza Jr, maybe better known as Viano 5, and Dragon got the win after around 3 minutes of action. It ended with Dragon's top rope Hurricane Rana followed by a Tiger suplex. Flash Funk took on Savio Vega next on Raw and before the match, Jim Ross caught up with Savio for an interview. Ross wanted to know why Savio turned his back on the fans by joining the nation and Savio says he doesn't care about the fans, the nation of domination is going to rule the World Wrestling Federation. Not much of an explanation here but there you go. Flash Funk had his hands full with the nation and Dilo ended up taking a splash on the outside followed by a spinning heel kick. It looked like Funk had it in the bag but Flash missed a moonsault and Savio got a pinfall victory afterwards. While this match was happening on Raw, Glacier travelled all the way from Casa del Frosty Balls to have a match against Billy Kidman. And I know you guys will fucking destroy me if I don't talk about this one, so let's take a close look at the match. Kidman shakes Glacier's hand at the opening bell and this was his one chance to kick Glacier in the dick, but he didn't do it. Tony Schiavone calls Glacier popular and multi-talented as a few kung fu chops get delivered to Kidman. Kidman comes back with a nice drop kick, but Glacier performs a kip up and then he does a leg sweep. To perform such a move you gotta hold in back and low kick. It looks like someone's severed head is sitting in the corner of the ring. Clearly Glacier pulled off a fatality when we weren't looking. Also look at this sass right here. Who the fuck do you think you are? Kidman tries to surprise Glacier with a quick pin attempt but it gets him nowhere. Glacier then pulls off a kinda inverted tilt towards slam and Glacier then knocks Kidman down with the power of his armpit. Glacier then kicks Kidman in the corner and Kidman becomes a stripper pole when Glacier performs an erotic kick. Kidman then takes a few open hand strikes before Glacier knocks him out of the ring with a back elbow. The little roll beforehand was completely unnecessary. Kidman gets back into the ring with a unique vaulting head scissors and Kidman then goes to the top rope. Glacier to his credit pulls off a great looking sidekick when Kidman launches himself from the turnbuckles and Glacier picks up the pinfall win. Glacier's winning streak continues on Monday Nitro, it's only a matter of time now before he gets his shot at the WCW Championship. Switching over to Raw, Psycho Sid gets interviewed by Jim Ross, this shouldn't take too long. Ross wants to know how Sid truly feels about Shawn Michaels and Sid echoes what Shawn said before, HBK and Sid have a weird relationship. Sid says there's ups and downs when it comes to he and Michaels and you could say that Sid's friendship with Shawn is on the brink of madness. Evil plays a part in this rivalry apparently, Sid says that he got evil at the Survivor Series and maybe Sean got evil at the Royal Rumble, I've no idea how Sid came to that conclusion but anyway, when all the smoke's cleared and when the roller coaster relationship between Sean and Sid comes to an end, it will be Sid who stands as the, say it with me, the master and ruler of the world. Pointless promo, absolutely pointless. 
Owen Hart and the Bulldog then have a backstage interview before their match with Doug Furness and Phil LaFawn. Vince reminds Owen that it was he who eliminated Davy Boy from the Royal Rumble match and Owen tells Vince to stop stirring it up. Owen says he was trying to eliminate Austin, he made a mistake, and the Royal Rumble is now a non-issue for the tag team champions. Davy Boy's body language says otherwise though. Footage then gets shown of Davy calling Owen an idiot at the Royal Rumble, and this causes a bit of friction. Owen says he doesn't need anyone calling him an idiot while Davy says Owen intentionally eliminated him from the Rumble match, and so the problems with the WWF Tag Team Champions continues on. Over on Nitro, during these promos we had Ice Train taking on La Parka, and during this match we saw footage of the Outsiders standing over an unconscious Lex Luger backstage. The total package has been taken out by Hall and Nash. In the ring, La Parka done the job to Ice Train, the big man won with a splash. Following this match, we got another Four Horsemen interview, and I'm gonna be honest here, these Horsemen promos are starting to get seriously repetitive, and as much as I like this faction, they desperately need to change things up. Also, Arn Anderson isn't here tonight because he's taking care of Horseman business somewhere else. Benoit says the Horsemen were plagued with injuries and there was a lack of harmony within the group, but everything is all good. Benoit has a lot of trust in his teammates and he's proud to be a Horseman. Woman talks about Jacqueline and she says this. You got my leftovers, girl. Who was sassier, woman or glacier? Big Steve McMichael announces that he's in our main event tonight. Jarrett vs Mongo is the final match on Monday Nitro, and just to confirm, I'm going to cover the main events every week in detail, so we've got Mongo under the microscope a little later on. Deborah takes shots at Jacqueline's physical appearance, saying she has a face for radio, and Ric Flair reiterates that the horsemen are united as one. After letting us know that the enforcer is balls deep in horseman business, Flair sends a message to Jacqueline. He says nobody with a boyfriend named Shorty walks next to the nature boy. Again, I like the faction, I just want to see them do more than cut entranceway promos with Mean Gene Okerlund. So we won't be taking an in-depth look at the Raw Tag Team match tonight, as we've got an interesting Brad and Sean promo that I want to check out, but don't worry, just like every other match on Raw and Nitro, I watched the whole bout. There were no chin locks, so you're not missing out. This match was used to highlight the underlying problems between Davey and Owen. At one point, Owen wanted to tag in Davey, but the Bulldog was too busy posing to fans. And just before we went to commercial break, Owen and Davey got into a heated argument in the middle of the ring. The match ended with Davey accidentally sending Owen over the top rope, and the tag champs ended up getting counted out, meaning Furnace and Lafon won the bout but not the tag team titles. Owen pretended he suffered a knee injury and he even lied to Davey. It looked like Bulldog wanted to win the match properly whereas the King of Hearts was happy to take a count out victory. We have seen these two teams wrestle quite a few times now and their matches are always good, but the added theatrics to this one means that there's better Furnace and Lafon versus Owen and Davey matches that you could be watching. Over on Nitro we have the Steiner Brothers vs Harlem Heat and that match gets followed up by Mike Enos vs Dean Malenko. Raw gives us an Ahmed Johnson promo and a match featuring Goldust and Crush. Let's check out the tag match on Nitro. The Faces of Fear are sitting in the audience watching the match, and so are the Public Enemy. Grunge and Rock have to sit far away from Ming and the Barbarian due to their lack of manliness. 
As our teams get ready in the ring, Shivani says that Roddy Piper has a choice when it comes to Super Brawl 7. If he wants, he can refuse the Hogan match and go about his business. The reason Roddy Piper is coming to Nitro tonight is to give his answer. We start off with Booker T and Scotty Steiner. Scott gives a clean break at the ropes following a lockup, but he's then able to bring Booker down with a top wrist lock. Booker botches a kip up, but his recovery afterwards was good, and Scott takes a kick to the head. Scotty comes back and Booker takes a press slam. Stevie Ray runs in afterwards and he takes a Steiner line from Rick. In the Steiner brothers pose in the ring as Booker T and Stevie Ray try to regain their composure on the outside. Stevie Ray then tags in and he wants Rick Steiner. The dogface gremlin takes a beating from Stevie but he fires back by countering an Irish whip and slamming Stevie down to the mat hard. Scott comes into the match briefly but we go back to Stevie and Rick. An inverted atomic drop from Stevie gets followed up with a big boot. Booker T then comes back in and he hits a stunning jumping sidekick. But Rick again fires back with another takedown slam and the fans go crazy. They're really behind the Steiner brothers tonight. Scotty gets tagged back in and he cleans house. Booker T takes a pump handle powerbomb from Scott and it looks like the Steiners have it in the bag. But then the faces of fear and public enemy hit the ring. All four teams begin fighting and Mark Curtis has no choice but to throw the match out. Public enemy and the faces of fear continue fighting on the outside while Harlem Heat and the Steiners look disappointed at the match outcome. Ahmed Johnson says he's stopped taking Prozac. I'm not kidding either. Guess what? I don't take my Prozac anymore. And when I get off Prozac, brother, you don't... Because Ahmed is off the meds, he's now even more dangerous. Can't believe I'm saying that. Ahmed also says that Savio Vega now has a problem. If he wants to get involved with the nation, then Savio is going to go down like the rest of them. During Crush's entrance, The Undertaker shows up to interrupt another Ahmed Johnson promo, thank God. And The Undertaker tells Ahmed if he goes out there now and tries to fight the nation, he goes alone. But if Ahmed waits until the main event, then Taker and Johnson will go out together. Goldust had Crush beat. He goes for the curtain call, but Savio Vega hits the ring and he delivers a spinning wheel kick to Goldust. The referee didn't see it. Crush then won the match after delivering a heart punch. Triple H also showed up during the match and he approached Marlena but he backed off again when Goldust noticed what was going on. Trust me, you didn't miss much here. Afterwards, a short video played where Blackjack Lanza announced that the Blackjacks were going to return. Some may see this as the World Wrestling Federation again getting stuck in the past. But anyway, nothing is given away here. Lanza says the Blackjacks will ride again, and so we've got that to look forward to on Reliving the War. Fantastic. We're now only at our number 2 of Raw and Nitro. See what I mean about how covering every match in detail would have been an absolute nightmare? Luckily I have a bit more free reign now to skip over some matches, just like this one right here between Dean Malenko and Mike Enos. After watching Ultimo Dragon and Dean Malenko tear it up 3 times in the past month or so, I'm gonna be honest and say that Mike Enos feels like a downgrade. Sorry, but just being honest. During the match, Six showed up and he stole the Cruiserweight Championship. Sean Waltman just really likes stealing belts it seems. When he plays Skyrim for the 50th time this year, he's gonna join the Thieves Guild. 
Malenko won the match with a small package counter from a suplex, but our main man Mark Curtis had to break the news to Malenko that Six stole the championship belt. And did someone just toss Dean's jacket into the ring? It's like, yeah, you don't have your belt anymore, Dean, but here's your shitty jacket. Unbelievable. Right after the match, Mean Gene interviews the Dungeon of Doom's Kevin Sullivan, Conan, Jimmy Hart, and new arrival Jacqueline. I didn't watch WCW Saturday Night, but it looks like Jacqueline has succeeded in getting into Sullivan's knickers, and so you'd think Sullivan would move on from the Horsemen and Benoit, but no. Kevin says while he was falling apart and crumbling during his feud with Benoit, he forgot where his strength really lied. Jacqueline was there for him 10 years ago apparently, and now she's by his side once again. Jackie has always been the light at the end of the tunnel for Sullivan and, man, absolutely nothing is explained here. Why does Kevin Sullivan never just say what's going on? Talking in riddles is all good, but he says so much shit that never gets followed up or explained. And it isn't a case of, well, you just need to let the story unfold and I'm sorry you need your hand held through a promo. It's a case of talking absolute incoherent dog shit that doesn't and never will make sense. Who was Jacqueline 10 years ago? How did she meet Sullivan? Why is she helping Sullivan again? How far did their relationship go previously? Jimmy Hart says, fuck this. He tells Taskmaster that women are nothing but trouble, especially in pro wrestling, and Jacqueline is here for, quote, another reason. And Jimmy wants to get to the bottom of all of this, so yeah, more mysteries. Conan says he wants to take on Chris Benoit tonight on Nitro. He wants to take care of Sullivan's unfinished business, so Sullivan can get back to business with Jacqueline. Horseman business, I assume. And so, we're gonna see that match later on Nitro. Jacqueline takes more shots at Deborah's physical appearance before saying that woman is jealous of her. Jackie says while woman was out traveling, Sullivan was getting taken care of. She continues on to say if woman sticks her nose in Sullivan's business, then woman will get beaten like she stole something. I was pretty hyped for Jacqueline's debut last week, but this week reality just hits you. It's more Dungeon of Doom nonsense. Okay, we've got some good stuff next, DDP vs The Renegade and a promo featuring Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. The Toronto audience boos the heartbreak kid as Vince McMahon begins the interview. Shawn is too busy watching himself on the big screen as he answers Vince's questions. Shawn again talks about the WWF Championship bringing out the worst in the superstars, and Michaels admits that it's brought out the worst in him also. Michaels repeats last week's promo again when he says if being bad means he'll keep the WWF Championship, then HBK will be the worst guy the company has ever seen. In regards to the harsh reaction HBK is getting in Canada, Sean says turnabout is fair play. Sean got a great reaction in San Antonio and fans can cheer whoever they want. If they want to cheer for Brett, then that's fine. Sean says he's won the popularity contest enough times already, and now he only worries about being number one, not being the most popular. Sean says people dislike people who are honest. He uses Muhammad Ali as an example. Ali wasn't liked when he was knocking guys out, but after retirement, people called Ali the greatest of all time. And as for Bret Hart, the hitman can call himself the best there is, was and ever will be, but right now, Bret can't call himself the World Wrestling Federation Champion. Bret comes down to the ring and he says, Muhammad Ali, I don't think so, Dennis Rodman, maybe. The hitman goes on to say that he's tried hard to like Shawn Michaels, but he just can't do it. Shawn said it best when he called himself a degenerate, and Shawn laughs at Bret here while saying, sue me. 
Brett calls Sean a jackass and a punk. He then tells HBK that he can stop him whenever he wants and I think that was a cue. HBK was supposed to take the mic away from Brett but he forgot. The moment Sean takes the mic, Steve Austin runs down and a fist fight breaks out between Stone Cold and the Hitman. Sean watches on as Brett and Austin brawl on the outside but then Psycho Sid shows up just before we go to commercial break. When we come back, Brett and Sean are once again inside the ring. Steve Austin and Sid have been escorted to the back. HBK puts the WWF Championship belt on the mat and he and Brett share words. When HBK tries to take the belt back, Brett puts his foot down. Brett takes the belt, we think he's going to hand it over to Sean but no. Brett drops the championship on the mat, he gives Sean the finger, the crowd pops and that's the end of the promo. You'd be absolutely buzzing to see these two go to war at WrestleMania 13 at this point. The least Sean could do is smile here though. Come on Sean, turn that frown upside down. Where's your smile boy toy? DDP vs The Renegade then. Dallas being a good friend of reliving the war means I'm glad the scoring system is now gone. I'd have to take a diamond cutter if I ever said a raw match was better than his. Dallas has gained a ton of confidence since Nitro in the Superdome and you can see that in how he carries himself. The match starts with Paige taking an arm drag but he isn't phased. He stands up and he gives the diamond cutter sign before slapping the face right off Renegade in the corner. The biggest aspect of oh. Renegade comes back with a handspring back elbow but when the Renegade goes to the top turnbuckle, Dallas jumps on the ropes and the Renegade smashes his little, uh, his little, <laughs> he smashes his balls, I don't know. This allows Dallas to hit a middle rope diamond cutter, Tanae calls this the diamond death cutter and apparently DDP has wanted to use this variation for quite some time. Dallas pins the Renegade and our match is over but a problem arises when the outsiders show up at the entranceway. Hall and Nash notice that Sting and Macho Man have also showed up and those two are standing in the audience. Paige has no idea who to trust or where to go. Savage is dressed in black and white again and Sting's recent actions make it unclear if he's in the New World Order or not. So Paige grabs a chair and he just waits for someone to attack. All four men end up disappearing and Bobby Heenan says that DDP stood his ground tonight like a man and he didn't run away. Super Kolo vs Alex Wright is up next followed by Conan vs Chris Benoit. Over on Raw we have that Mark Merrow vs Triple H match. We see some footage on Raw of Tiger Ali Singh signing his WWF contract. Bret Hart got roped into showing up so Tiger could get that hitman rub in Canada. And yeah, there's Shane McMahon and Bruce Prichard also. Unlike that Rocky Maivia guy, Tiger Ali Singh is clearly going to be a huge star in the World Wrestling Federation. Between episodes of Raw and pay per view matches, I feel like we've seen Mero vs Helmsley a ton of times and it's not like they've had loads of matches, it just feels like they have. Curtis Hughes isn't allowed at ringside because he interfered in a superstars match between Hunter and Ahmed Johnson and Sable isn't allowed at ringside because she probably didn't want to travel to Canada. Pretty standard back and forth match here, Helmsley took control early on but Mero made a comeback and we saw his usual moveset in motion. Triple H took a lot of punishment including the Mero Salt but in the end Hunter used a pair of brass knucks or some sort of small weapon around his fist to pick up the win. Yeah, those aren't brass knucks, it actually looks like a hairband. Helmsley retains the Intercontinental Championship, nothing much to write home about. 
Over on Monday Nitro, Raiden Super Kolo went through an impressive wrist lock counter sequence to start things off, but the crowd chanted boring. The competitors tried to get the crowd back on their side with some high flying action, but the audience were ruthless here. They didn't seem to like Alex Wright in particular. Still, Daz Wunderkind told the Mid-South Coliseum to shut the fuck up after nailing an excellent missile dropkick. Wright got the pinfall win afterwards. Conan vs Chris Benoit was up next on Monday Nitro and Conan starts the match off by dropkicking Benoit. Benoit then takes an absolute beating as Conan lays in a ton of kicks followed by a few chops. A rolling clothesline puts Chris to the mat and Woman looks deeply concerned. Conan keeps the pressure on with a low dropkick before bringing Chris to the corner. Benoit just can't get started here and what a win it would be for Conan if he can beat the crippler tonight on Nitro. Conan looks at the camera and he seeks Kevin Sullivan's approval as Benoit continues to get destroyed. Benoit begins to fight back and it looks like adrenaline completely overtakes the crippler as he tries to lift Conan onto the top turnbuckles. It looks good because it looks real. Benoit delivers a superplex and look at how Benoit's body contorts upon impact. Absolutely ridiculous. Conan comes back with a crucifix powerbomb but Benoit kicks out of two. Conan tries it again but Benoit counters with a German suplex and just as Chris was about to end the match, Jacqueline comes down to ringside. Now I think they might have messed this up. Benoit comes out and he takes the belt Jacqueline was holding away from her. Jacqueline then looks under the ring for a weapon or something she can use but there's nothing there. Three times she checks and she can't find what she's looking for and the cameras focus on Benoit and Nancy while Jackie continues to look under the ring. Eventually, Jimmy Hart and Conan grab Jackie and they bring her back up the ramp. I think someone forgot to leave a weapon under the ring and whatever was supposed to happen got shit canned on the spot. Anyway, check this one out for Benoit's offense towards the end. Some good stuff here. Main event time, we have Ahmed Johnson and The Undertaker vs Farouk and Mankind. And over on Nitro, we have Jeff Jarrett vs Steve McMichael and the Roddy Piper promo. There's no Hulk Hogan vs Piper match tonight folks. The Raw tag team match, a no disqualification tag match by the way, starts off with all four men brawling. Taker focuses on Mankind and Ahmed focuses on Farouk. The dead man and Foley end up fighting on the outside as Farouk takes a spinebuster in the middle of the ring, but a low blow to Ahmed brings Farouk back into the match. Mankind and Taker fight on the entranceway and the production guys have a hard time deciding who to focus on. Farouk gets launched off the top rope by Ahmed but Farouk comes back with a sleeper hold. The Undertaker notices what's happening in the ring and so he breaks things up. We have Taker and Farouk now inside the ropes going to war. Taker gets the upper hand but Farouk comes back with a clothesline that floors the phenom. The Undertaker sits up while Foley and Johnson fight on the outside and Farouk gets a taste of his own medicine afterwards when Taker hits a clothesline. The camera cuts are ridiculous during this matchup and it gets distracting really fast. Ahmed Johnson chases Clarence Mason up the entranceway while Undertaker hits old school on Farouk and then we go back to Taker fighting Foley and Ahmed fighting the nation's leader. Crush and Savio Vega make an appearance just before we go to commercial break and when we come back, Mankind counters old school with a mandible claw. Ahmed Johnson takes his sweet time breaking the hold but when he does, he hits Foley with a Pearl River plunge. Farouk is right there to break up the follow up pin attempt. Ahmed then takes the Dominator but The Undertaker saves Johnson from getting pinned. Foley decides to bring a steel chair into the match but Taker gets a boot up in the corner and Mankind goes down. 
Foley then takes a chokeslam as Ahmed Johnson fights off the nation on the outside of the ring and the faction gets chased to the back. Ahmed then decides to take himself and Farouk out of the match by using his 2x4 and the nation's leader also gets chased back up the entranceway. Back inside the ring, Foley tries to use some powder but his plan backfires. Vader then hits the ring and he hits the Undertaker with a splash and instead of mankind pinning the dead man to end the match, Vader decides he wants to hit Taker with a chair. Taker ends up ducking out of the way and mankind gets nailed. The dead man then no-sells a chair shot from Vader and the match comes to an end when Vader gets uppercutted out of the ring and Mankind takes a tombstone piledriver on the chair. This match was an absolute mess and much of that has to do with the camera cuts. Had it been presented a bit better and tidied up before it aired, then this could have been fun. But there's just too much going on and it really isn't fun to watch. The closing moments were good though. Deborah doesn't want Mongo to beat the life out of the fake Double J but Big Steve can't wait to teach this fraud a lesson. Mongo attacks Jarrett right after the strut, he hits a clothesline that almost takes Jarrett's head off and a back elbow floors Double J and Mark Curtis feels Jarrett's pain. Jarrett tries a running crossbody but McMichael grabs his opponent mid-flight and Jarrett takes a power slam. McMichael then misses an elbow drop and yeah, this is worth another look, he hits the mat so hard here. Jarrett lands an inverted atomic drop and he follows up with a clothesline. Jarrett then lands a top rope crossbody that only gets a two count and big Steve McMichael falls out of the ring in spectacular fashion after Jarrett lands a dropkick. Deborah has words with Mongo on the outside and this leads to Steve getting counted out. That's right, Mongo's wife cost him the match because she wanted Double J to win. She done that by talking shit to her husband. That's grounds for divorce right there pal. Losing via countout to Jeff Jarrett on Nitro thanks to your wife talking shit on the outside. A poor main event match from Nitro but we aren't done yet. Roddy Piper comes to the ring next with his son and he's going to let us know if he's competing at Super Brawl. Roddy comes to the ring with his son Colt and Bobby Heenan says he isn't sure if that's Piper's boy or Piper's attorney. Roddy gets a pop when he talks about being in Memphis, Tennessee and Piper says both Elvis and Hulk Hogan will never be Roddy Piper. Roddy gets down to business. He says Ted Turner and WCW offered him a title shot at Super Brawl but there's something Piper doesn't understand. He already beat Hogan, he should already be champion. Roddy says he's been on the road his whole life but now it's time for the hot rod to be a man. He has six kids at home, he appreciates the title shot but he has nothing to prove. Piper refuses to fight Hulk Hogan at Super Brawl. Out comes Hogan, Bischoff, DiBiase and Vincent and Piper doesn't want any trouble. Calling Hulk by his real name, Piper asks Terry to leave him alone tonight. He doesn't want to fight anymore, especially in front of his kid. Hulk says Piper has never been world champion, he has a chance to become one at Super Brawl, but instead Roddy's brought out his family and Piper's admitting that he can't take the belt away from Hulk. Bischoff wants Piper to admit that Hogan beat him like a drum and Piper says it, Piper says Hogan you beat me like a drum. Roddy just wants to get out of the ring right now but Hogan and Bischoff won't let him. They want to humiliate Roddy in front of his family. Roddy is forced to say that Hogan is the icon and Hogan then says he's done with Piper. Now that Piper is stooped so low to hide behind his kid, Hogan demands that Piper gets out of the ring and Piper gets out of the sport of professional wrestling. Piper nods his head, he just wants to leave. 
But then Hogan begins slapping Piper as Roddy walks away with his son. Piper tells Coat that he's sorry in the corner, and then the young Piper leaves the ring. Piper takes off his jacket as Hogan and Bischoff celebrate, completely unaware of what's going on, and Roddy ends up smashing their heads together as the roof comes off the Mid-South Coliseum. Piper destroys Hogan and Bischoff and there's nothing the NWO can do about it. He clears the ring, he grabs the WCW Championship, and Piper confirms that he'll be at Super Brawl 7 and he will face Hogan for the belt. A great ending to Nitro. If we were still doing the point system, Nitro would have won the main event. This week I felt Nitro was better than Raw simply because Raw felt like a glorified house show. The Sean and Brett stuff was good as always, it was quite unique seeing Raw in the Sky Dome, but apart from that there wasn't much to get excited for. Even the Furnace and the Fawn vs Owen and Davey match wasn't as good as their previous encounters. Nitro wasn't spectacular either but they stole the show with the final segment. Raw has a little work to do with their 2 hour format and it does take a few weeks for the WWF to get it right, but this week belonged to WCW I feel whereas the Raw show felt a little more experimental. Our scores are now 24 points to Raw, 35 points to Nitro and we've had 10 ties. In the TV ratings Nitro won with a 3.1 while Raw scored a 2.6, the WWF's best rating since October. Ok so make sure you don't lose your smile because we have Thursday Raw Thursday to look at next week, a pivotal night that would have huge ramifications in regards to the WWF Championship. Roddy Piper is back on Nitro 2 next week and the Outsiders are also in action. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Reliving the War, I understand this is different from previous episodes but hopefully you still enjoyed it. Thanks for watching guys and take care.